You know, I think perhaps the most remarkable thing about The Sound of Freedom is for a film that's had so much noise on both sides, both massively pro the film and massively against it on the other side, the most remarkable thing is it's a whole lot of noise for the a film that in itself is really just bang average. And when I say bang average, that's kind of turned into a win because the first 15, 20 minutes of this film were pretty awful, I've got to say. I honestly thought this was going to be a complete stinker. Thankfully, this film does get better as it goes along. And, you know, the second half in particular is a lot stronger than the first half. Now, what I've got to say is, when I seen the trailer for this, I honestly thought this had the look of TV movie of the week about it. And there is that feel to this film at certain points, which is a shame because when you're dealing with a subject like child trafficking, if you're going to make a film like that, it should really be of better quality than TV movie of the week. And the biggest problem, particularly with the first half and the early part of this film especially, was how hammy and cheesy and just really cringy some of it was. I, honestly, it was very cringy. Honestly, it felt incredibly stupid. And I, I'm all for hamminess. I'm all for cheese, whatever. Just not in a film about child trafficking. You know, we can have that in comic book films. We have it in our comedies, our action films. But not in a film about child trafficking. You know, this... I don't want to be cringing at the at moments like this. At, at certain things that are happening in this film. And I honestly thought this was going to be a complete dumpster fire. However, it does get better. In a way, it's kind of frustrating because it kind of shows how much better this film actually could and probably should have been. But whatever, we'll, we'll get away from that because there are some... I'll, I'll, I'll give you an example of one horrendous moment of dialogue. Now, this wasn't in the trailer, so not really a spoiler or anything like that. But, you know, as it's not in the trailer, I'm talking about something that's not in the trailer. So I'll say, if you don't want to hear it, skip, off, skip along 15, 20 seconds away from, from about now. There's a moment when Jim Caviezel says, in the, in the style of like an action hero or something like that, he says, never trust a pedophile. And I'm thinking to myself, that's not the type of line you do as like an, an action hero line. That's just, you know, common sense. <laughs> so I was sitting there always with my head in my hands thinking, oh God, it's going to be one of these types of films, isn't it? Now, thankfully, it does get a lot better. And thankfully, Jim Caviezel's acting does get a lot better as the film goes on. Because the first, again, first 20 minutes, I honestly thought, God, this is going to be terrible. Because his, his voice is actually quite grating to begin with, and his line delivery is incredibly wooden. However, he does get better as the film goes on, and I would say the strongest thing about his acting is his facial expressions, and they actually do work really well. I will say that, particularly in the more emotional moments. And the emotional moments do really work in this film. I actually think the two main kid actors in this film that play the, like, the brother and sisters, they are really good. Both of them, excellent. They are the two best performers in this film. But uh, I will say the first half, first 20 minutes, awful. Then it starts to pick up a little bit. And then after that, it gets really boring for a while. But the second half of this film, it starts to click a bit more. And I would say the second half is a lot stronger. And it actually zips along quite nicely to the point where when the film actually wraps up, I was kind of like, oh, right, that's it, nearly finished. And I was like, oh, okay. That actually moved a lot quicker than I thought it was going to. It actually does pick up quite a bit in the second half of the film. Now, I think as well with this film, 
something like this. I do feel would benefit from a much stronger filmmaker to make a film about a subject like this. It's kind of unknowns making it, and of course, this film's been picked up by Angel Studios and things like that, but the problem is, a lot of people in Hollywood probably wouldn't touch this type of film with a barge pole for whatever reasons. And we all know dodgy shit does happen in Hollywood. Some people are now trying to say, oh yeah, this is like, this shows the, this is the proof and all this stuff, and there's a whole lot of noise on both sides, let's be honest. And we all know there's some dodgy fuckers in Hollywood, let's be honest. You can even see it this week when that guy from that 70s show, I can't remember his name, uh, got jailed for rape. And you've got Ashton Kutcher and uh, Mila Kunis writing letters supporting them. And you're like, the fuck is wrong with you? Seriously. And when they give that half-arsed apology, it was a, no, you're not sorry you did it. You're sorry everyone turned on you. So, you know, and Ashton Kutcher as well apparently uh, has a, <laughs> runs an anti-sex trafficking charity or something like that. And yet, yet he's supporting somebody who's been found guilty of rape. <laughs> Never liked Ashton Kutcher. He's just a, always found him to be a talentless, annoying cunt. And now, you know, we've kind of, I've now kind of got substantial evidence to support why he's always rubbed me the wrong way so you know shame about Mila Kunis though but uh, you know don't care how hot you are supporting paedophiles not paedophile he's a rapist but paedophile whatever but supporting a rapist I don't care how hot you are you're, you kind of suck to me now so fuck you Mila Kunis that's a disappointment Ashton Kutcher never liked you anyway so go fuck yourself anyway that was kind of not related but kind of related to this but whatever Back to the film anyway. Yeah, and I know. Again, like I mentioned, this film's caused a lot of arguments on both sides. And, you know, it's the usual bullshit and there's never any nuance to this. There's people on this on one side who are championing it as this fucking amazing film that everyone needs to see and all this. And, oh, it's incredible. And anyone who's got anything remotely negative to say about this film is automatically a paedophile. And you've got people on the other side who are then saying anybody who likes this film is automatically a QAnon conspiracy theorist and all this shit and like I said I, I'm just here to judge this as what I've seen as a film, a, a two hour film that I sat and watched and, and ultimately after a rocky first half I thought it was alright as a whole it was alright I thought the second half like I said moved a lot better and it was kind of like well when it gets to the conclusion of the film that'll be kind of where I judge it, if the conclusion lands then I'll land more on the positive side and if it falls flat then I'll be more in the negative side. And to be honest, I think the conclusion was satisfying and I think they did it well. So, there you go. I think the film's just about okay. It's one of those things when you actually look at the Rotten Tomato score, the critic score I think is bang on 60, which is on the, the cusp of fresh, which is just, it's just barely fresh. And you know what? I'd probably give this just about a 6 out of 10 after the second half, which means I just about more on the positive side so for once maybe the the, the the next most remarkable thing about this film is i'm kind of agreeing with the critic score which doesn't happen very often i'm almost bang on with that so there you go maybe there's a couple of remarkable things about this film <laughs> well never mind but you can't take away from its success you know it's been a massive success in the u.s and when when you look at it as well one thing i've got to say it is, there's a few things that are kind of a shame about this. A film about child sex trafficking should not be
become a thing about the right versus the left. It really shouldn't. Anything about child sex trafficking shouldn't be a right versus left thing. I mean, honestly, both sides genuinely as bad as each other. And you know, you can even see it, even when it comes to films and things like that. They they, they do they act the exact same way against each other because. Now you've got people on the left sitting there saying, oh, well, I've got a conspiracy theory. This film's, they're reporting all these tickets for this film, but it's playing in empty theatres, which is exactly what the right were doing four years ago about Captain Marvel. You see what I'm saying here? How both sides, the, the extreme sides, I'm not saying that if you are support one side or you support one side, other side, you're all like that, but it's the extreme loud people that are like this on both sides, which, and they're exceptionally right. Like, I'm fucking sick of everything being politicised. But on both sides, to be honest, I actually am sick of it. But here we go. Here we are at it as well with this. And I will say one thing. Dan Murrow done a really good uh, research about this, kind of debunking the whole thing that, you know, that there weren't seats, empty seats, playing empty seats, and then just saying, oh yeah, the film made this money and all this tickets. He actually did a good thing investigating and debunking that. So you got to say fair play to him to actually playing it down the middle and actually telling the facts here. And of course, that was all bullshit a few years ago about how the Disney bought seats for Captain Marvel. And it's just like, well, if you say that Disney buys seats and things like that for films that for films they want to prop up and be more successful, then why didn't they do it for Lightyear? Why didn't they do it for Strange World? You know, <sighs> you know it's, it's fucking stupid. <laughs> Whatever, but yeah, there you have it. It is what it is. So just my thoughts. I thought the Sound of Freedom was just about okay. I seen it for myself. I made up my own mind. I'm not letting one person, anyone on either side, sway me one way or the other. And I just thought it was just about okay. Just about okay. And I honestly thought it could be a gigantic stinker, but thankfully it wasn't. I do feel, though, something like there was more nuance that should have been made into the making of this film. You actually could have had something even better, which I actually think would have been genuinely a strong film. And there were powerful moments in the film. And I do think, like I said, the conclusion works really well. But... Um, there was also long patches in the film when I was bored at my brain, so that was kind of a problem, which is why it's one of those films, I've seen it once, I'll probably never see it again. To be honest, when I came out of the cinema and I went to McDonald's, I honestly bloody forgot I had actually been to see it. Was, I honestly found the film as a whole to be completely forgettable. Not terrible, not great, just about okay. I probably won't remember. To, to steal the Jeremy Johns uh, review, the score that he he does his time from time to time, I'm probably not gonna remember this in T minus one day, you know. But there you go. It made a mark for a lot of people, and that's what it is. But we can all make our own minds up, and uh, there you go. Just my thoughts there. So anyway, what um the Aquaman trailer dropped today. So we went from one extreme to the other. I'm just like, yeah, here's Sound of Freedom, and yeah, here's Aquaman. To be fair, Sound of Freedom in some moments was kind of daft. Like Aquaman's pretty daft, but whatever. I haven't actually watched the trailer yet. I'll probably watch it later and maybe do. I'll maybe do a trailer thoughts for it tomorrow. We'll see if it's worth talking about. We'll see anyway. Thanks ever so much for taking the time to listen, and goodbye.